You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Did you know that 3CR received its community radio licence in 1976? Our application was successful because of our diverse and engaged community membership. Subscribers are at the heart of our station and we really need you to be active and paid up in 2023. Become a 3CR subscriber today. Call 03 9419 8377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. Joe M from Music Matters here at 3CR is doing the tech side of things today because the world's greatest producer, Kelly Whitworth, is sunning herself on a beach somewhere on the Australian mainland. But I've also heard she's been uh, visiting local radio stations apparently oh, as look, well. Oh, she, look, she got... She went to four triple Z in, you know, Brisbane, and they really looked after her. And if we're really lucky, she'll move into Brisbane and work with them. That's if we're really lucky, Joe. And you can be Tech Boy for the next twenty years. Twenty? Uh, you're giving me that 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 minimum amount of time. I'll make it forty. Oh, now we've actually got somebody on the phone. Apparently right? on the phone. Hopefully. Well, if they they are, they are. If they're not, they're not. Hello, Chelsea Knight. Hello. Now, Chelsea. <laughs> Now, this, yes. we come from the big city, all right? Now, where are you yes. calling from? I'm calling from the central coast of Queensland. The little city. All right. Okay. Now, look, forgive me. Forgive me. You know, this program goes live. We, we don't edit or anything because I'm too lazy to be bothered, all right? But forgive me. Is that your real name or a nom de plume? No, that's my real name. You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honoured. I'm honoured, Chelsea. Now... <laughs> Now, I know you're involved in an exceptionally important project, but we've got 56 minutes to chat. This is not an interview. We chat for 56 minutes. Uh, hopefully, you're sitting down somewhere and relaxing. I am. Yeah. I'm in the quietest room that I could find. Uh, unfortunately, some guttering going up beside me. So, All right. You're not living in one of these collective households, are you? What's that? Sorry? You're not living in one of these collectivist households, are you, where there's people no. everywhere? No, I have a little shack in the middle of some train paddocks and, and my dad showed up to do some work on the place. Yeah, it's always good to have a dad, isn't it, you know, to do work? A handy dad, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, an, I'm a totally unhandy dad and unhandy grandfather. <laughs> I leave that up to them. They say, oh, I say, well, what are you asking me? What do I know? You know, I just talk. <laughs> now, Chelsea, I'm going to ask some questions. You don't have to answer them. But we will get we will get to the type of important work you're doing there in central Queensland. But first of all, just for our listeners' sake, what year were you born? I was born in 1978. Right. So you've been around a while and you've seen a bit of a few have. things. I'm, I'm 45 this year in October. Yep. Yep. How old do you think I am? Um. Oh, do I dare guess? I'll be kind. 50? 50? I could be your dad. I could be that poor bastard <laughs> on the roof fixer in the guttering. I'm 71, okay? Yeah, 
How old is your dad? Uh, 65. Oh, yeah. Well, he's all right. If he falls off, he can bounce. Now, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to put this. Is your mum alive? Yeah, she is. Yeah, both parents are alive. Yeah, and what type of... Well, they must be great parents if they're still repairing your guttering when you're 45. <laughs> what was it like growing up as a little little person? Um, I have a daughter, a daughter, Ruby, but she's not so little anymore. She's um, 23 this mm. year in November. Mm. So, wh- can you tell us where you were born? Yeah, I was born here in Mackay at the Mackay Base Hospital. Oh, I've got some famous, wonderful memories of Mackay in the 1970s before you were born. But I won't share them with you because there may be legal action. So, <laughs> so I won't share with you. No, it's a great place, Mackay. It's it's interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting it little place. Yeah, it is. You know, it has its own sort of um, vibe. It's changed a lot over the years since yeah. I was born here. But, um, yeah, it's still quite a nice place to live. Wasn't Mackay uh, a centre of... Um, Radical activities. I could have got. I could get this wrong. <clears throat> in the twenties and thirties. Yeah, you're probably thinking it's a little bit further north. Um, yep. It was more around Townsville, actually, which right. is about four and a half hours um, north. North, right? Yeah. The yeah. Maltese farmers, when um, they immigrated, they brought some um, quite leftist theories with them, unionised. Um, yeah, yeah, those sort of things. So yeah, there is a history of radicalism up here in the north. Yeah, because I was thinking of the uh, the only openly communist member of parliament in the uh, Queensland Parliament to be elected up that area, mainly from itinerant workers. This is before machinery came in, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because the history of North Queensland, because I was born, I hate to admit this, I was actually born in Brisbane in 51. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I know what I'm talking and I've lived up there. And, uh, yep. And I know what it's like, but uh, it, it, it's fascinating. People think of this bastion of conservatism these days, but they do. Yeah, but before that, before that, before mechanisation, you know, first of all, you had the indentured labourers, the Canucks, and yes, most of them yes, were deported right. with Federation. The first, you know, what the first act of Parliament was in 1901? No, I don't. The White Australia policy, and you know oh, what the yeah, yeah and you, there was only the one person voted against it. One person, mm. cross-party support. And what do you think the second act of Parliament was? Oh, I guess importing workers. No, the deportation of Canucks who'd been blackbirded oh, from the yeah, South Seas. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. And then guess what happened? My yeah. ancestors turned up. Because, see, the work up there, it's just too hot for white workers, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is quite difficult, yeah. Now, I'm being facetious. They used to say that white workers, but then they found the southern Europeans, you know, the Spanish and the Italians, <laughs> mm. to cut cane. So I've got, I've, got a, I've got a lot of fond memories. Look, I'll, I'll, this is the last thing I'll say about myself, but um, my grandfather immigrated to Ingham in 1924 and he was cutting cane. Oh. Wow. And they didn't actually burn the cane because they thought it, the farmers thought it would damage it and, they, you know, they'd get leptospirosis and all these diseases. But I've got a well, – I saw a picture. I haven't got it, but I saw a picture which my dad showed me of him living in a tree trunk with a hessian bag as a, as a door. Wow. That's what it was like. Yep. Yeah. So I assume was your life that hard as a little girl? No, it wasn't. What do you mean? <laughs> Hard, no. <laughs> Tell us about it. What was it like being a little girl in Mackay in the 70s? Um, well, it was pretty quiet. It was a chain farming community and kind of a fishing town. So, mm-hmm. you know, every, my dad was a tradie. He painted houses. Mum stayed at home. Mm-hmm. I had two brothers and sisters. I went through the local um, primary school, the state schools, um, preschool, infants, um, primary school. And on to high school. Um, it was pretty quiet. Mm. I know what happened. We had our friends. It was one of those places where you'd go out and play, you know, when the street lights went off, everyone went home and yeah. yeah everyone kinda knew each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so, so it was what, was primary school okay? Primary school was pretty good. Yeah, um yeah. look I'll have to say it's 
it was it, there's very much a, a kind of a monoculture that go, that went on back then. It was yeah. all very white, um, Christian, Catholic, Presbyterian, that kind of thing. Um, hey, hey, where were all the Torres Strait Islanders and Aboriginal people and Canucks who were up there? They make a significant well, section of the population. I know, and see the thing is there was there's quite a lot of segregation that went on like you know it wasn't lawfully obviously implied but it was almost like a social construct there were mm. areas where the first nations and ti people mm. would be and, you know there were other areas where white people would be and really the only places we met was in the classroom and um you know you could go through your whole life and apply not really having a friend that was First Nations mm. at all and mm. not knowing anything about the culture. Right. So, yeah, um, so I think it's very huge, depending on who you ask, what it is like to grow up in Mackay, you know, mm. I'll recognise my privilege and I probably had a lot easier than, you know, a lot of other people did. So, mm. yeah, there was definitely that part of it. Mm. Um, and when you moved to high school, was it Mackay High? Yeah, I went to Mackay State High School. Yep. Yeah, what was that like? Mackay <laughs> um, State High School was pretty good. Um, look, in the schoolyard, there was still a lot of um, sexism, lots of homophobia, uh, stuff like that. Um, you got a very white education. You didn't learn a lot about First Nations people. There was a week, NAIDOC week, where, you know, you saw some dances and that, but there wasn't really any connection built or anything. Um, mm. But they had a good drama program, and um, I played violin. I started playing violin when I was at um, primary school, so I continued that through high school and... Yeah, there were some good teachers there. So my experience in all was generally pretty good. Right. You haven't got a violin near you, have you? You couldn't no, serenade us with a tune or something? <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah, well, well, although uh, poor old Joe M here does a, a show called Music Matters, I detest oh, yes. music and we don't have music on this program, but, but there is one out. If you can play a musical instrument... And or you can sing, and you've been interviewed. You're welcome to, you know, take up the space because I'm not into consumption of music. It's about yes. doing it yourself. Yes, yes. I Sorry, I, I, I'm laughing, Chelsea. It's okay. Don't, <laughs> don't be distracted by such talk. I won't. I mean, I mean, all bloody Joe M does on this program is promote people. You know, he gets right. he gets people to sit down and yeah, consume. Have a yarn. Oh. Yeah, waste, wasting their time. They're not reading enough. You know, all that sort of business. Yeah, yeah. He, he just know. pushes it down their throat. Oh, yeah, now, I assume you graduated with flying colours in year twelve. Well, actually, I didn't finish grade twelve. Excuse me. Am I talking to some? Well. I'm really, do I have to? Need, did I need to talk down to you? No, <laughs> certainly not. No, I ended up going to uni. It's all good. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I failed. Yeah, well. I failed HSC, but I did my tertiary orientation, so I could go into tertiary and did all my education through TAFE. Yeah. Oh yes, well, so that explains a lot of things. That's why he's on that side of the screen. I'm on on this side of the screen. Okay, yeah, that's why he uh, absolves himself from any responsibility. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, you, did you do the girls in our town routine, you know, as a young woman in uh, regional Queensland? You know, you went, what, working in a shop or a factory or a farm yeah. or something? Or? Well, not a shop or a factory. <laughs> 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 We're not that rural. No, we had, like, I actually, yeah, so I went and got a job as a apprentice hairdresser. I tried that for right, a bit. Right, yeah, right. I got halfway through grade 12 and, I don't know, I was a bit over it and a bit headstrong and I convinced my parents that I was done, I knew everything I needed to know yes. and I just wanted to get out and live on my own and be independent. Right. So, yeah. So I moved out when I was about 17 and had, um, yeah, had a hairdressing apprenticeship and kind of kept playing violin and went from there. Mum and Dad were only like 10 minutes down the road, so mm, mm. it wasn't, you know, I moved to the other side of the country or anything. But, yeah, my younger brother and sister were still at home. It was a smallish house and, yeah, I was keen for my own space. So they let me do that, made yeah. me promise that, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd actually get a job if I left. So I did. And What breed? What? Tell us about this little doggy. Was it a big dog or a little dog? What? Breed, what 
what was it called? What, what dog? Yeah, what was it called? Was it a mutt? Was it a real dog? <laughs> what dog are you talking about? You said you got a dog. No, I didn't. I said so I went and got a job. A job? Oh, I thought you got a dog. Oh, I'm going to increase the volume here. Increase the volume. I'm an old man. You didn't get a dog. You just got a job. A J-O-B, yeah. Yeah, you got an apprenticeship with a hairdresser. You should know about that joke, Joe, after what we experienced last, last Wednesday oh, at dinner God. time. Oh, I don't want to tell that joke. <laughs> it wasn't a joke. It was real this life. Is, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I, I do a number of social function for listeners to the programs and radical activists and things. And we were sitting there, about a dozen of us, and this bloke turns up. We hadn't seen him before, which is fine. You know, it's an open house kind it's of thing and people come and eat. And it's a restaurant, right? You know, pretty down, basic restaurant. And this bloke sits down and, and, and he says, what did he say? I'm looking for a – and we start talking to him. Looking for Joe. Looking for Joe. He said, I'm looking for Joe. I mean, we said, which Joe? Big Joe or little Joe? Because we were both there. And in his broken accent, he said, I'm looking for Joe. And we started to talk to him. Sit down, have a meal. Have a meal with us, you know, relax. And it turned out he'd walked into the restaurant. He was looking for a job as a cook because they were looking for a cook, right? And a, a, English wasn't his first language. This is true. We couldn't believe it. And he turned up at the table asking, so he walked in and he asked for Joe or a job and they thought yeah. he asked for Joe because all these strange people would come to our table, you know. That's normal on, the, on that night. And he was actually looking for a job. So we got him, I got him and I walked him round to the front and I said, He's looking for a job. He's not looking for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True story. It's like a Monty Python script. So did you finish? I know you didn't finish high school, but did you finish your hairdressing apprenticeship? No. What? I'm a great unfinisher. <laughs> what, you couldn't stand the bristles under your fingers or something? Oh, it was the inane conversations. Mm. The everyday having to talk about the weather constantly listening to other people's problems. I don't know. It's kind of, look, I have a lot of respect for hairdressers. It is a hard job. Yep. But for me, it just wasn't very stimulating, I guess. Well, <laughs> sounds not, but intellectually, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, but it was good for a bit. It taught me, you know, this is what work is, blah, oh. blah, blah. So mm -hmm. I did that for like three years, mm. almost finished. Mm. And then, um, what did I do then? Oh, that's right. Then I <laughs> Then I decided to um, apply at Education Queensland. They had an opening for a spring teacher, mm -hmm. and I had enough um, experience and I had the grades and that. So I ended up going from being a hairdresser to, at 19, being the instrumental strings teacher for, like, the entire Mackay region. Well, that's, <laughs> not un that's not unusual in Queensland. My high school teacher had passed grade 10, and in those days, in the 30s and 40s, if you passed grade 10, you automatically became a teacher in yeah, Queensland. Yeah. Not unusual. Yeah. So did was that heartbreaking, being the <laughs> string? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard. Look, I've had kids, you know, learn the violin, and it's just heartbreaking, isn't it? Because 99% move on, don't they? Well, yeah, that is true. It's um, heartbreaking. No, it's kind of exciting. Like, you just sort of accept the fact that whatever period of time the kid's going to play music for, you're mm. hoping it's going to be a positive, you know, experience that'll stay with them through adulthood and, you know, just add to their general experience. You certainly don't go in expecting every kid to come out, you know, and dedicate their life to it. But um, sometimes it's just a nice thing that they do when they're kids. Right, right. And how long did that last for? Um, I actually did that for about seven, eight years. All right, yeah. Hmm. And you said at the beginning of the program you had a daughter. When did she appear on the horizon? Okay, so she came in, um, I had her when I was 22 years old, so I started working um, as a violin teacher when I was 19. Mm. So that happened, took some time off, um, and then, oh, I'm re-remembering now. That's right, it was... <laughs> Let me rewind. <laughs> I didn't work for Education Queensland for uh, seven or eight years. That was actually me working at home for my own violin studio. So I worked for Education Queensland until I was 22. Right. I had reason around that age, and then I opened my own studio where I taught strings at home. Yeah. Now, 
I know you're with a group called, what is it, Anarchist Against Poverty or Anarchist? Yeah, that's the one. Anarchist Against Poverty. It's interesting because a lot of people think that uh, anarchists are, you know, proletariat types and it's fascinating how many small business people, how many small business people become anarchists. And if you look at the Spanish Revolution and you look at what happened there, Huge yeah. numbers of them were small business people who understood co collectivising made a huge dif positive difference to their lives. Yeah, and yeah, it's interesting that, is, that yeah. you're with this group now. And uh, how long were you a small business person for? Yeah, that was probably for about you know six, seven years, I'd say. Mm. And uh, what drove you out of that? Um, looking for a change, I guess. I'd been in Mackay for a really long time, and I get well. What happened was. During that time of being a string teacher, I also joined like a local folk band and we used to play at the local folk club and the local Irish pub and, you know, doing stuff like that, just mm. local gigs. Um, look, look, I'm not qualified to ask you any questions about that. I'll ask the music man to ask a few questions. No, no, that's okay. Keep talking. Keep, keep talking because Joe's, Joe's skipped a few years here. He went, straight, right. he went straight to the core about, you know, the, what you're involved in now. But, but we haven't but, even talked but, about... I mean, this is a didactic program, <laughs> Joe. It's not like yours where you play little records or CDs or stream oh, shit. We, we talk to here real we people, all right? We, we do it ourselves. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> all right. He won't ask you questions. I'm, I'm here for the ride. It's no, okay. Well, what, what, what I assume... That was a question, Joe. I was going to be indirectly say, so... You uh, ask questions. Were you politicised while you are a small business person? No, certainly yeah. not. There you oh, go. There, there you, you go. Oh, but she did get into music. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did, you, so <laughs> you played a violin in a string band? Not in a string band, in a folk band. It was like an Irish folk band. I oh, played God. violin. There's another lineup. Yeah, you know, one of those. Uh, um, yeah, you did you tap your foot when you were playing? What's that? Did you tap your foot when you were playing? I was not a foot tapper. No, you weren't. Oh. Well, you were classically trained. Obviously, you weren't a foot tapper. <laughs> was this in Mackay or all around North Queensland? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we were kind of like the only thing of its kind around. You know, the folk girl scene in Mackay is... Radical. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Still is. But anyway, a couple of people in the band, um, they actually had, like, this kind of hippie set up out in the rainforest not too far away, and they ran a little festival called the Winter Moon Festival. Yep. So I started knocking around with that mob, and that's why I ended up moving out of Mackay and moving out into this little... It wasn't politically organised. It was basically musos that like to smoke weed and garden. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there yep. was like a common house, and yeah, so... I went there with my daughter for like, you know, a year and a half. Um, what did you learn in that year and a half? What's that, sorry? Did you learn anything in that year and a half? Um, yeah, I learned a lot about probably self-sufficiency and things like that. Mm. I would say a lot about gardening and permaculture and stuff like that. But there was also a lot of crap as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there usually is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So were you evicted, or were you evicted? It's like let's give them a bath already. Yeah, yeah. Were you evicted, or or did you move out yourself? No, I moved out myself. Yeah. The people in the band were my friends, Benny and Chris, and you know they were always looking for people to live there and help work on the festival yep. throughout the year. Oh. And I ended up being the volunteer coordinator for a bit and did some other stuff. And yeah, it's good. So with this festival, is it is still ongoing? It is still ongoing, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and is it mainly for locals or do people come from all over Australia for a... Um, well, when I haven't been there for a few, quite a few years now, but when I was going about sort of 10 years ago, it was sort of mainly local, but people were starting to travel. And I mm -hmm. think now they do get acts from sort of all over Australia. So, right. um, yeah, they're... It's just started off as a little sort of um, folk um, folk group that would just you know, kind of collect there all the little bands in the car and they'd play and then over the years it just kind of organically grew and right. yeah. Oh, cool. Now I think it's like a full business kind right. of model. Yeah. That, yeah. The type it of was fairly expensive in the 
early days. It was more fun. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit like the Joe M type of thing, you know. You know his mu- his music scene, you know the commercial one, isn't that right, Joe? M? Oh yeah, very common. You should, I've got shares, and you know how many I've got shares in Live Nation, <laughs> Joe. You know it's fantastic. Really? No one else can play yeah. at Live Nation except if you talk to me. You know, really, yeah, yeah it's extraordinary. Yeah. He's he's been delusional for a long time, Chelsea. Don't worry about him. He wouldn't know what a share is. <laughs> he's a very ethical, honest human being, unlike me. No, he doesn't know my previous life, Chelsea. Well, yeah. I accept people as they are, Joe, and that's why I'm Thanks. talking to Chelsea Knight. And and being a suspicious, paranoid type, I thought Chelsea Knight. Which Chelsea Knight is this? And then I found out it was the Mackay Chelsea Knight, anyway. which is that good. Is correct. Which is correct. Yeah. From my Welsh father, my biological father. Ah. Yeah. Biological Uh-oh. father. Oops. Uh-oh. Oops. We're getting Oops. into different territory here. Yeah, biological. Oh, that's okay. It's not, I'm not scarred over it or nothing. I had a wonderful stepdad yep. that I yep. met at two, and he's who I call dad. Yeah. You see the bloke who's doing the guttering while you're talking? He's the one doing <laughs> <laughs> Look, look I've, been, I've been a stepdad and it's it's a very hard road sometimes. So uh, could you give him my congratulations? I will. Yeah, I will. He's done a brilliant job. Uh, brilliant you. job with you. I tell him that all the time. Well, I'm you can tell that. him somebody doesn't know him says he's done a brilliant <laughs> job. Somebody in, in his, he's walked in his shoes. Yeah, All right, it's cause, I will. Because it, be, it can be quite challenging sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah, so what have you been doing the last few years? The last few years, mm. um, we decided, well, a couple of us got together. Well, you know, okay. No, we don't know. We don't know. That's no, why we're asking when you. Left, when you left the rainforest. <laughs> no, no, don't listen to him. No, no, don't listen to him. He just wants you to go A, B, C, D. We're going to jump about. I mean, he's not the usual producer. She's sunning herself somewhere in <laughs> Queensland. All right? And, and he, he, he's very, he, can't, he likes things to be methodical. He's a musician. You know what they're like. I'm not a musician. Well, <laughs> you claim Chelsea, you are. Just don't, just don't. Now, Chelsea, talk, go on. Just, just, just answer my questions, please. <laughs> I forgot what it was. What did I ask? Right. There's no question, Joe. That's that was what I've been up to yeah. for the last few years. Yeah, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? Okay, so I moved back out of Mackay. Um, I live in sort of a tame paddock area about 40 minutes from Mackay. Started um, being interested in like climate action um, sort of stuff. Flirted right. um, with the with the Mackay Conservation Group for a bit. Yep. Did a bit of the stuff at Dani thing, mm-hmm. um, and then basically became sort of you know started educating myself a bit more politically. Um, so well, why, why did you Why did you feel you needed to educate yourself a, a little bit more politically? You know, you you'd be in your forties when this this you know, road to Damascus moment happened, wouldn't you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was. Um, and I guess, what was it? What made me want to... Well, I'm a big one for asking why, mm. I guess. And you can ask, you know, why and you'll get answers to a certain extent. Like, you know, you'll ask, why is, you know, the world shitty? Why are there poor people? Why is this blah, blah, blah? You know, why are we polluting the planet? That sort of stuff. Mm. And um, I went to a few different, you know, centrist groups like Mackay Conservation Group and that sort of looking for answers and I couldn't really find anything that was satisfactory there. And I've always been a big reader anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, I was just having a chat to a person and they said, you know, look into capitalism. And it kind of just went from there. So I Googled it. You Googled (laughs) the word capitalism. (laughs) I did. I'm not Isn't that a relationship? Google and capitalism. I love it. <laughs> Let, let's, let's, Chelsea. Look, I'm just going. To, I'm going to be nice to you because it's very hard for me to be nice. Yeah. You used a search engine to find out what oh, yeah. capitalism <laughs> was. It. You don't want to promote a particular Correct. corporation, do you, Chelsea? We can laugh about it now. Yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but you know, where to go to start? I'm in the middle of Mackay. Um, yeah. I don't think our library even had a lecture section. They might have had a uh, dusty old copy of Mark's Capital or something like that. That's Capital, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just, yeah, I was a complete newbie, so that's what I did. And then I just started having conversations with people in those circles, and I met up with some people up here who thought, you know, in similar ways, and mm. we thought, well, there's nothing organised up this way, like 
I looked for sort of, you know, radical leftist groups. Yeah. Um, no anarchist groups, no communist groups, no, no. socialist groups. No. So, yeah, we thought we'd just start our own little... Um, our own little thing up here, and at first we were just sort of, you know, an online group, and we started trying to put into practice things like mutual aid and uh, homeless food support in the in the area, and um, yeah, it kind of went from there. All right, and up. I've never stopped learning. I'm still learning. I'm still reading. Um, we had a little anarchist bookshop up in um, Townsville. Mm. And so, look, look, know, look, 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 look. I'm going to be rude, Chelsea. I'm going to do a station announcement so people know what's happening. And then we've got another 25 minutes, so there's plenty of time. <laughs> it's uh, it's 4.31 in the rest of Australia. It's 3.31 in Queensland. They're a bit different up there. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. I'm chatting with Chelsea Knight, one of the Chelsea Knights. This is her real name. My name is Joe Toscano, and JM Music Man is doing the technical stuff. Mm-hmm. See, that's the, at the middle of the program, I've got to tell people that, Chelsea. You know, that's about the only instruction I'm given by the radio station. Isn't that good? <laughs> that is very yeah, but, good. But that, there's, not, there's, an, there's another ad, um, attachment to that uh, statement. That yeah, the program is podcast. You can access the oh, podcast. Yeah, but also. Uh, Look, this is, look, okay, all right. <laughs> People know it's Listener Driver Week no. and we want you to subscribe to Free CR. all right? 40 bucks unwaged, 80 bucks waged, and you can actually, that reminds me, I've got to pay my subscription <laughs> or I won't be able to broadcast tomorrow. <laughs> so there. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, anyway. our, our listeners are in, you know, they're, they're full of cash. They'll throw it in. They'll all subscribe. I know that. It's 4.32, 3.32 in your land, uh, Chelsea, was it like? Mm-hmm. I'll go back to the politics in a minute. But what it's like living in the middle of a cane field? It's quite peaceful, um, unless it's the crush, and then it can be quite hectic. So the crush, I'll explain, is yeah. when they harvest cane sugar, take it and take it to the mill. So they harvest it with um, with like a giant harvester, and then there's tractors with pulling bins, and they just run sort of up and down all day, creating dust storms and general havoc. Mm. <laughs> what, what about the other creatures that they tried to eliminate in those cane fields? How did you coexist uh, with those bums? The cane toads? Or? Mm. Yes. Oh, look, look, don't worry. Look, he doesn't understand Queensland. Don't worry about him, all right? I mean, you know. My, look, my, um, my dad was asked by his brother-in-law, we're going to go and cut cane because it's really good. This is in 1950. And he told him to get stuffed. And my dad said, no, I'm organising a house for my wife to come over from Sicily. Uh, I'm not going. <laughs> well, that's, see, that's the type of family they come from. <laughs> yeah. So do you get little visits during the year from snakes and rats? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not rats so much. Yeah. Uh, the snakes keep them down. But, yeah, we have um, pythons and tree snakes that sort of hang about and, yep. you know, and mm. um, non-venomous. And Well, the tree snakes are a little bit venomous, but yeah. you have to be right up in their face to get bitten. Generally, oh. they just like to be alone. And every now and then, you might have a taipan or an eastern brown come onto the property. Ooh. But if you start short, it's yeah. generally okay. Yeah. I've been here about... Seven years now, and I've only seen two browns. So two browns, yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Keep away from those nasties. Eastern browns, very yeah. nasty. I've, yeah. uh, I've had an experience with an eastern brown. It wasn't pleasant. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, I accidentally s- stepped over it, and then I saw it was there. And lucky, lucky I stopped. And then it just looked at me, and I looked at it, and then I looked away. And, it didn't like. Oh, wow. I, I was trembling. I'm positive. I yeah, I was worried about my uh, reproductive organs. All you can do is freeze. Yeah, and it's very hard to freeze when you know there's a snake there. Yes. And, it's, and if it bites yes. you, you're going to be in big trouble. Now, getting back, get, getting back to your radical journey, do you know there was a significant anarchist presence in North Queensland in the 20s, 30s and 40s? I have heard of it, yes, mm. I have. Yeah, there was the... Uh, many of the anarchist refugees that left Italy after uh, Mussolini gained power, 
found their way and went to North Queensland. And if you've got time, uh, you should um, look at your search engine and look at the name Francesco Fantine, F-A-N-T-I-N. It's a fascinating story, but there were many anarchists. Another thing that was very interesting is when Mussolini was in power, he actually uh, allocated money to set up health clinics and send doctors from Italy to North Queensland to provide health care for Italian migrants because they were trying to recruit them in the fascist party. And there were pitched battles, and at various times there were pitched battles between the anarchist... uh, Exiles and uh, yep. fascists in North Queensland. So you've, you've got wow. a, you've got a rich history to look at. I reckon if you've got time, Definitely. chase it up. That's wonderful. We Be- do have there is someone in the group called Trevor, and he's actually done like a complete timeline of anarchist um, activity um, all through from starting uh, from that period. So mm. I'll definitely pick him up and be like, "Let me read that thing again," and I'll see if that Fontaine uh, guy is there. Yeah, yeah, and if he isn't, look him up because he's uh, oh, well. very, very fascinating. Because we here in Melbourne, we go down to where he is interned in a um, mass uh, ossuary down at yes. uh, Murchison, and uh, it's a fascinating story. But we haven't got time for that story today because we're talking about you. <laughs> so, don't people think anarchists against poverty is some church fundamentalist group? I mean, I mean, I mean, isn't isn't that isn't that the area that they work in? What's that, sorry? Don't they think people don't people around Mackay who you're involved with don't they think you're some type of churchy fundamentalist group? Yes, they do. Uh, they don't even know how to spell anarchist. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's very unheard of. People ask us if we were the church all the time. That's yeah, right. So. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a good thing. No, it's not. I don't know. Well, Probably, no. um, not the image that we're trying to portray, yeah. but <laughs> it's very easy to tell them about who we are and, yeah. and why. But, um, yeah, we get that a bit, especially no. when we go and do um, homeless support in the local camps here. Yep. A lot of the time people assume, you know, there's white people coming into First Nations homeless camps. You've got to be with the church, yeah, or yeah. the police, yeah. one or the other. Well, yeah, so you have to sort of... That's what I was saying. You call yourself a church, you get tax exemptions, and you can go and do lots of work. <laughs> oh, no, no, Jay, come on. <laughs> Look, he, he doesn't have many principles, but you and I have, Chelsea. We have principles. Yeah, it's Look, the way I would describe it to people is anarchists want to create heaven on earth, right? Churchy people or uh, religious types want to create heaven, and they want to create... Um, Heaven after death, we create it before death. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's I the difference. That's we create it before de- Well, we try to create it before death. They create it after death, and I prefer before death. How about you, Chelsea? I would certainly prefer before death, um, um, whether that's, you know, I'm shooting high or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, waiting you, till, um, uh, yeah, waiting for good things after, you know, your life is already lived, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 are all the members of your group atheists, or do you have some uh, Christian anarchists among, you, among your mob? Um, most of the people in the group are atheists. Some mm. are agnostic, yeah. and I think there's one lady on the outer, well, I wouldn't say the outer circle, but yeah, sort of in the in the wider community. I think she is interested in Christian anarchism. Right. Right. I haven't had a lot of talks with her about it, but yeah, Trotsky. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it should be a follow of Tolstoy and his Christian anarchism. Tolstoy, sorry, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Trotsky. I was a bit worried no, there. Tell us about this. Tell us about this anarchist bookshop in far north Queensland. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Okay. So we thought it would be really cool if we could have a public space and a place where people could come. Well, and. We wanted to insert some leftist sort of literature into the area because, you know, even though, as we mentioned before, there is quite a rich history, you know, of radicalism and, and anarchism and that, now it kind of is, uh, it's quite right-wing and it is kind of, you know, the bastion of, of conservatism. So, mm. 
we really wanted to get some sort of leftist theory out into the community, um, have a place um, where people could come and, you know, talk about that, um, engage in mutual aid sort of projects, just, yeah, stuff like that. So where's that, lo- where's that located? That's in Townsville. In yeah, Townsville. Four and a half hours north, yeah. Right. So so how far does does your group encompass? How, what It seems to be... We go from the Sunshine Coast right up to Cairns at the moment. Sunshine Coast to Cairns. And obviously, yeah. what, you mainly communicate via social media or...? Yeah, that's correct. And also, we um, also have community care days where people will travel to or people will travel up to do market stalls. Or we might just all pick a time of the year where we can sort of get together and have a face-to-face and that. But, yeah, we do a lot of, you know, signal and Zoom kind of meetings and that. Right. And what's a, community, what's a community care day? A community care day is basically where we gather anything we can as well as, you know, members themselves also contribute and we buy groceries, um, we take donations from our shop of, like, food, clothes, bedding, shoes, basically just whatever we can get our hands on and then we we save it all up for a couple of months and then we have one day where it's open to the public and anyone can come in and take basically whatever they need. So you've got a traditional free store? Yes. A traditional three-store, not based on exchange or barter, which is very popular up in North Queensland. No, no. No, it's a, it's a free-store. That's yeah, right. They just, yeah, we just collect the donations and yeah. then we open it up, have a community. But we sometimes, the shop's very small, so we usually, um, the local, um, oh, who are they? The CWA, the Queensland Country Women's Association, they mm. rent us the they let us use their halls for free, which right. is really cool. Hmm. So there's country women um, association and anarchist sort of thing going on. No, no, you're both D- DIY groups. Do it yourself. Whatever you say about exactly. the country women's association, they've got a little radical tinge to them. Exactly. And that, and funnily enough, that sort of works because people are like, you know, they're never going to let you in their hall. And I was like, wait a minute, let me try. Yeah. So, yeah. So you were you were the uh, battering ram, were you? Pretty much. So how, how did you approach this? This is interesting because it's, it's 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 a good reminder to other people there are other community based organisations that we shouldn't, you know, um, ignore or put aside or think that we can't influence. So how did you go about it? Um, basically, it was just um, a phone call, sort of trying to find out who who the right lady to speak to was, and she was a very lovely lady. Um, and I just told her basically. I kind of left out the anarchist bit, and I told her what we do. Yep. That's kind of how I approached it. I told her what a community care day is, and then at the end of the conversation, you know, I told her what our org was, blah, 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 and she was surprisingly really down with it. She mm. was really on board. And at the end of it, like, the first day that we were there, she was actually there, like, helping people get stuff, and she was starting to get into the practice, and mm. it was quite an interesting day for me, actually. Mm. But it was easier than I thought. Yeah. If you have something that you can tell people that you do, rather than just presenting hardcore radicalism, um, I think that kind of opens the door to them asking, well, why? Why do you do this? You know? Yeah. yeah. Common yeah. ground. Common yeah. ground. Yeah. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. Especially up here when there's nothing that you can rely on, like What do you mean there's no, what do you mean there's nothing you can rely on? Come on. What's well, come I on. Tell us the dirty linen. Left us seen up oh. here, so you have to assume that people are coming in having never heard of anything that you're gonna talk about before. Yep. That's the common experience. Yep. Hmm. Mm. And how satisfying is it for the uh, members of the uh, of the group it's very satisfying like i can talk i can't talk for everyone but for me i find it very but you know we smile we laugh we joke um we're actually comrades we look after each other um we try to pull resources as much as we can Mm um yeah it's long-term relationships and yeah it's it's quite good it can be it can be hard work but um the rewards definitely are there, like on the small, on the faces of the people that you're helping, and that like right. you get a lot of gratitude, and yeah, that's nice. Not uh, the expected, but it's nice. Uh, 
apart from the um, obviously the, the gratitude because people find themselves in a difficult situation and uh, you're able to assist without any strings attached mm-hmm. do you find that you have any impact that goes further than that yes definitely well could you explain um, what happens yeah i can give you an example if you like so at one of our community care days that we held last year, I think we had it in November, we actually had some ladies come along and they were having some housing problems as far as trying to afford rent, things like that. So after sort of going through, receiving the free stuff, um, opening up, talking to us sort of about like what mutual aid was, um, they decided to get together and then pull their resources and the three of them decided to rent one house together because they worked out that they were a lot better off if they were together than mm. if they were alone. Mm. So I think that was interesting. And I'm not sure if that would have happened had we not held that day and created that kind of community connection where it's okay to help each other. Right. No, you... uh, is that corny? I don't know. No, 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 no. Obviously, it's an example. I mean... A free store is an example. It's a classical anti-capitalist example of how people can interact, share, you know, yeah. live a communal type of lifestyle. I mean, there's nothing about it. it's 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 a free store. You don't you don't even have to wait to pray. You know, <laughs> you just come no, in. no, no, no praying. No, no. <laughs> you don't you don't have to you don't have to read a chapter of Kropotkin Fields Factories and whatever, do you? <laughs> you just walk in now. You are living in a part of conservative Australia, and obviously, that is correct. People are looking for alternatives. Has there been any pushback? Yes, there's been quite a bit of pushback. Well, tell um, us about the, what you, the problems you face as far as this is concerned. Um, okay, so generally, it's not being taken seriously is one of the concerns. You know, being considered a crazy. Uh, radical, out there, kind of weirdo person. Mm. But then we have, like, in Townsville, in our stop, we had the shop attacks a few times. We had some pushback from some proud boy kind of wannabes. Um, mm. We had some racist kickbacks because we have a lot of solidarity posters and stuff like that. Um, there's a police presence whenever we usually go and help the homeless First Nations communities in those camps. Mm. Um, yeah. Is the police presence there because of you or is it there all the time? Look, they're generally there all the time, but coincidentally, I think they do know the We do kind of go regularly on certain nights um, mm. up there, depending on what camp it is, and I think they've worked out the schedule. So uh. I think they're just there. They like to check our cars for drugs. They don't believe that we're <laughs> handing out food, so we get pulled over a fair bit for that and get our cars searched. Well, there are a lot of nasty people out there who'll do anything to make a buck, and, you know, I can understand yeah. their concerns. They think, what? These people are giving away things for free and there's there's no yeah, catch. They don't us. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't weirdos, weirdos, they don't believe you. But you haven't been physically assaulted, have you, or pushed around? No, certainly not. Oh, actually in one of the camps, one of our volunteers, one of, there was this old guy there and you know, he had a little bit to drink and oh, right. um yeah, he went and he threatened to steal one of our people if they came back, but it was all cool. It was just in the moment and yeah. he was stressful. You understand that you're walking into people's living rooms, but no, there's nothing, um, right. no, certainly the police aren't violent with us, no, right. but they do like to watch. They right. know, I'm sure, not sure they know who we are. I, yeah. like, I like that term, they do like to watch. <laughs> I like they that. do. <laughs> Chelsea, that's interesting, they like to watch. Yeah. Now, could you explain, because, you know, a lot of our listeners wouldn't be familiar with what a, a town camp is. Could you explain yeah, exactly sure. what a town camp is? And oh, while you're okay. there. Okay, so basically um, there's, there's parks um, in sort of, they, they can either be close to the centre of Townsville or generally, okay, I can talk about Mackay here. Yep. The, the town homeless camps um, are pushed out onto a riverbank and basically that is a place where people live. Um, they sleep there, they set up um, parks, camps, they have everything that they own there, um, food, uh, clothes, basically whatever they have. And they're kind of like permanent camps. The council will come in and pick them out and take everything maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. But generally, that's the place that um, 
people go in Mackay, in Townsville, in different parks. Um, they have mobs that need to come in from, say, out west. Say, um, granddad or grandma might need surgery. The whole family comes, and then there's parks that they go to where there's permanent camps of First Nations people. Mm-hmm. Um, the police generally turn the other cheek as long as there's they get they're heavily police, but yeah, it's permanent little squat basically. Right. Um, a tent, a little tent city. So they're permanent squats on Crown land. By people who are not able to avail themselves of a um, five-star hotel. That is correct. Or a point naught one hotel, star <laughs> hotel. Yeah. Exactly, mm. exactly. So, yeah, we come in and we help sort of support those those camps and right. sort of whatever living needs they, they you know, they need. Right. From food to camping to bedding to batteries to phone right. credit, whatever. Right. So are you organised on the basis of a common interest, are you? Yeah, I'd say so, as far as what? What you do. A common interest from the members? Yeah, from the members. The way you organise, you seem to be organised on on doing particular projects and the people involved have got that common interest and that's what brings you together. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely all on the same page. Yeah. Um, mm. We definitely have goals and um, we have practice that we like to implement. Um, some of the projects do it more than others, but, yeah, generally there is a goal. There's sort of a bit of a plan, and which is just expanding at the moment. Um, mm. Yeah, but it's definitely based on interest, yeah. Right. And what other projects can you talk about? Yeah, okay, so we do the After Dark program where we go out with, you know, hot meals and first aid and hygiene, and then we have the community care days where we give away, you know, whatever we can get our hands on. We go to a local store, uh, a local market in Townsville once a month, and there we sell leftist books, hand out pamphlets, talk to people about mm. practice, you know, anarchy, stuff like that. Right. So if if there are people listening, well, although the program's streaming live, obviously we've got about three listeners in all of Queensland, but (laughs) in case somebody comes across the podcast, um, how do people make contact? Do they do it through the net or or they turn up at a community day? Do you have kind of some type of um, notice board where you... We certainly do. Well, tell us about that. How do people contact I don't know how relevant... It is at the moment. Like we're not on TikTok or anything. No, 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 no. It's not about being relevant. It's, it's it can be it can be a phone number. It can be a website. It can be a postal yeah, address. Yeah. It can be the address of the bookshop in Townsville. Yeah, and well, we're actually moving out of the bookshop now because we're going on to bigger and better things. We're going to get a common house, and we've right. got people to. Live and we're going to try and do some emergency accommodation as well as do the you know, mutual aid and community work that we were doing um, right. in the shop right. more space. But, um, yes, you can find us on Facebook, Anarchists Against Poverty, NQ. There's a group there. We post all of our events. Um, it's a page, actually, that you can look up. We do have a website. It's on the page. I can't remember it off the top of my Now, head. if you go to the Facebook page, Anarchists Against Poverty, are you the only Anarchists Against Poverty in fa- on the Facebook? We are. We are the oh, only yeah. Yeah, I belong to a group called Anarchists for Mercedes for Everybody. <laughs> I'm just pulling your leg. <laughs> don't listen to him. How am I joining? <laughs> well, you just join and uh, you can help us liberate some, uh, you know, uh, I, I saw a very nice car I wanted to liberate last night, but I just didn't have the courage anymore. <laughs> don't, that's, not a, that's not a good point at the moment, Joe. You know, one of our colleagues has got her car stolen. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't steal it. Yeah, <laughs> she, it was a well. bomb. I don't know why they stole it. No. Um, <laughs> I know why. We're going about far-fetched up this way. That's a hot-button issue. Oh, is it ever up in North... It's, it's always been a hot-button issue of car theft up in North Queensland, especially... And it's become a very racist argument, which yeah. is quite disappointing. Targeting First Nations youth, which is incredible, and not talking about poverty. So, yeah, I won't go into it. No. Now, look, in the last few minutes, what does your daughter, Ruby, think about her mum, Chelsea, doing all this stuff? Okay, well, (laughs) honestly... Honestly. um, She she 
she's proud of what I do um, as far as helping the community in that. She's not, she doesn't quite get the full extent of my radicalism. She knows what anarchism is. Mm. Um, she's tied into capitalism herself. Um, oh, it's just a consumerism issue for that age group, I think. Perhaps. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that distracts. And, um, well, she's at uni at the moment yeah. and, you know, she's doing medicine and... Um, well, give her my regards. What university is she doing medicine at? Uh, UQ, University of Queensland. Oh, that's my old alma mater. I did medicine there, but I finished in really? seventy. I finished <laughs> in seventy-five <laughs> before oh, you were born. Wow. Yeah, he's a real doctor, Chelsea. Apparently. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, give her my regards and tell her to dig in and study hard. Oh, well, it's tough. He's doing very well. So yeah. So you've done really well, I think, um, educating your daughter. You've done really well considering. How difficult it must have been during that period. Yeah, you've done very well. Thank you very much. Now that you're such a wonderful human being, and you know, such a no, seriously, I mean, I'm being very serious here, which is hard for me, but very serious. We've got about two minutes left. Have you got any advice? I know we could interview another time if you do something nice, like yeah. But in the last two minutes, if we've got anybody under seventy listening to the program, can you give us some some advice? Would you like to give some advice to people about how to live a, a successful, satisfactory, fulfilling life? Because that's what I think yes. you've got. As an anarchist. No, just, just generally. I'll give it a, I'll yeah. give it a whirl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> advice. Oh, here we go. I think be honest with yourself, number one. Um, be honest with the way that you are affecting people around you. I think... Equality is very important um, to me. I think that if you can look at people without judging, accept people who, as you know, who they are, not less than, um, not better than, equal, then I think it really helps sort of get along in life. I think people need to. This is corny. I think you need to learn how to love humanity again mm-hmm. because I became very um, cynical and people were the problem. And I kind of learned through this journey that uh, people aren't in fact the problem. It is, you know, our economic system, capitalism, colonialism, those things that are the problem. Um, so, yeah, I think find kindness and That's right. be honest. Say ACAB every day. What um, else? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well, and love people. Love people. Right. There we go. Look, I'd like to congratulate you because you found the secret of life, and that is <laughs> not every human interaction involves a monetary exchange. Exactly. And that's the difference between capitalism and anarchism, and you've you know, yes. you've hit the nail on the head. So, look, I, I wish you all the best, and if there's anybody in your group that wishes to have a chat we're more than happy yeah. oh. to have a chat to them. Yeah. So if, if they ring up Kelly... There's a doctor, a doctor Tim, that wants to have a chat. Well, we're very happy to have a chat. They can either email us um, on the program or they yep. can just look up my Facebook page, Joseph Toscano. And... I think I spoke to Kelly. Sorry? I think they spoke to Kelly already. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, well, she may have lined them up. Kelly's... Yep. Unfortunately, I had to do a second best today. Today, I had to do a joke. I was joke ready for the killer line. Here we because go. Joe, Kelly's on holiday, and I had to deal with Joe, who I've known for almost 30 years, oh, so we're goodness. friends. Don't no, worry about no, it. I'm yeah. sorry. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. But, look, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah. You look after yourself. I will. Give that daughter of yours a hug and uh, say <laughs> hello to all those wonderful people you're working with. All the best. And I'll congratulate my stepdad as well. Yes, and congratulate him. Uh, on the the great... guttering, is the guttering working or what? The guttering is complete. Oh, <laughs> well, he's a hero. Does he want to come to Melbourne and do some guttering down here? <laughs> <laughs> we know where that's coming from. <laughs> hey, thanks very much, Chelsea. It's uh, been uh, very special. And you said some great words at the end there. So uh, all the best. Oh, thank you. Good. See ya. 3CR is Radical Radio, and that means more than just alternative current affairs and political coverage. We're Radical because we're an independent media outlet, owned and operated by the community. We're Radical because we give communities the control of their own shows, with their own music, in their own languages. We're Radical because we provide a media platform for communities to build their own power to create social change. Become a subscriber and support Radical Radio. Call us on 03 9419 
8377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.